Keep it locked. It's the A Square Podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. What up, baby? Hey, this K Kemp. You rocking with the A Square Podcast? Be sure to click and subscribe. Cornbread. What up, dog? DJ A Rob. A Square Podcast. With information on entrance to the trade. Make sure you subscribe and share. Also, turn those notifications on to the podcast. Always keep your shoes by your feet. By your feet. Mr. Cornbread. Corn Breezy. You and I had a conversation. What up, man? Hey, man, I'm chilling, man. Be sure to subscribe. And it's fresh. You. As normal. It's been a minute. I, I guess we I guess we just kick it off. A Square Podcast. Boy DJ A-Ron alongside my brother, Mr. Corn. What exactly went down? It's not a big deal to me. Man, talk to me, bro. Tell me how it went down. How you doing, homie? How was the week? Grimy. We talk and we say we dive and right in. Keep it locked when it's fresh. Get the new content. Dive and right in. He actually keeps it entertaining. I'm going to fast forward. Yeah, go straight in. Oh, my God, man. Cornbread. What up, dog? DJ A-Ron. A-Square Podcast. And until next time, A-Square Podcast. That's right. It's the A-Square Podcast. Your boy DJ A-Ron alongside my brother Cornbread. Episode 58, I believe so. I hope so. Yes. Yes, man, it, it feel, is. I feel like episode 90 though bro we've been doing this for a minute now dog <laughs> i know right uh episode 58 um how are you bro i'm alive man um we, we gonna get into it man this 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 first second week of, uh <clears throat> virtual learning bro this that shit for the birds bro that may, right. that may, yeah to, to the to the teachers out there the real ones know they know what they're going to bro <laughs> we're gonna get into it what's up how you feeling uh, everything's good, man. Just, um, you know, um, getting through the week. Um, and it was a little bit of a tough week. Um, it, it was, it was a little bit of a tough week. Um, I got my dog neutered. So, Uh-oh. um, so he could go raw. No, he can't go at all. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> he fresh out of that, bro. Duh, what you mean? <laughs> How you do that? As a yeah, man, man. How did, that's a man. There, there we go. There's another one, bro. There's another that's another one. man cold, bro. How can you do that? So, um, the there's a couple reasons behind it. Number one, I got tired of random people coming up to me mm. or coming up to, you know, saying uh, the wife or coming to our door at random times knocking because they seen us walking him and then they try to you know ask you know can, can you know would you like to breed him you know that's it for number one that's weird right and number two i'm not always here so you know what i'm saying so if she don't answer the door they they look in and you know how people are you know what i'm saying even if they have good intentions it's still weird so that was that was one reason the second reason is um Pit bulls are known to get testicular cancer. Okay. And I didn't want to go down that road with a possibility of going down that road. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to try to eliminate that process. And then the third reason is because um, I wasn't going to breed them anyway. You know what I'm saying? So if, for example, like, I'm not going to let them do that with another dog. And then they just pay us and they keep all the dogs because the rule is... Yeah, if you female. have the male yeah. dog, you get to keep the best looking dog or whatever. Like that's kind of like the rule. And then if I do have him do it, then he's going to hump even more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, those were the reasons. Um, and then of course, testosterone, you know, he's, he's beginning he's to a be bear. a little bit more. Yeah. Bear yeah. bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that and, he, and he's starting to uh, not starting to, but he does it. He challenges. You know what I'm saying? So if I say sit, 
you know, he'll do it for a treat in a heartbeat. But I don't want to keep telling you seven times either. You know what I'm saying? Like he starts to try, try to challenge your authority. You know what I'm saying? And so we just kind of decided that it was the right thing to do. Plus, you know, the, lastly, um, you know, just like I do, bro, we grew up in the hood. We know what time it is, bro. We know people get pit bulls for the intimidation look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they end up in shelters. You know what I'm saying? So But not his balls, man. Like, what if you didn't have the power of that? What if somebody what if somebody today said, Yeah, Aaron, let's let's get it. And you're hey. like, what? You're like, yeah, let's it's it's that time. In 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 like, a, in, a, in a few years. That's if, crazy, man. Uh, hey, what whenever this next kid comes. It's the day he born is the day I'm getting snipped up. There's, bro. there's a, there's a, it's a, it's a, like you said, a man cold. It's an unwritten rule. It is. It's one thing I don't want happening to another man, bro. And it's getting hit in the balls, bro. That is one of the oh worst God, feelings. Like when you watch it, like in football or or like something, it happened to my son, bro. I cried, dog. Oh, it happened to him, bro. And he just said, uh, it just fell over, bro. <laughs> How did it happen? What happened? That's it. Um, we was either he was oh he was riding the bike, trying to trying to learn how to ride the bike. And you know when your your feet slip, like because he kept falling over, oh, falling over, falling over. That's the worst. And his feet slip, bro, and he fell down on the metal part. You know to hold up the between the seat and the uh, handlebars. Yeah, right in between it, bro. He looked at me. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. Bro, he was in pain, bro. I said, I say those little those little biscuits hurt, don't they? Though he was like, yeah. So that's one thing, bro. So cutting off, man, I can't do it, bro. Like that's don't do the ball. I can't, man. I can't do it, man. Like I, I can't look at my dog the same after that. If I cut off, if I snip him, bro, I can't look at my dog. The same. That's one thing I can't do, bro. Everything else I got the stomach for, bro. I can't do that. But that's I'll tell you this. Oh, no, I guess after that, it's it's an experience, bro. Well, number one, um. It's actually sad to be honest with you because um he's crying a lot. You know what I'm saying? He's in like he the first day when he came home, it was painful to watch because you could just see it in him that he was just in pain. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's number one. Yeah. And then, you know, then two, he got the cone of shame on. You <laughs> see, that's what they call it. The cone of shame. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta put that on him. Yeah, so that they don't lick it and mess up the stitches yeah, and all the that stuff. Yeah, stitches and right? stuff, yeah. 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 But um overall, man, uh really, like I said, man, it's more for health. Like you, you you got out lucky. You having a pit bull as old as he is, you, you came out lucky and his health is the way that it is. The, the majority of times, bro. They get that testicular cancer, and I the amount of the cost for that is you might as well put them down. You know what I'm saying? Because it costs so much with a chance of you not being able to cure it. You know what I'm saying? Or you know anything like some people drag that on for a few years. You know what I'm saying? Like because they love their dogs, obviously. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and don't get it twisted. It ain't just to dogs, bro. It's, it's humans too, males. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They so. Obviously, you get prostate cancer. So, to the mm -hmm. listeners out there, um, the males at least should know what your prostate is, right? So, your prostate is is the thing. <clears throat> it's it's like the charge from your your balls for your sperm to shoot out. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So it gives your sperm that that kick or that life, that adrenaline to shoot out. Right. So that's what your prostate does. So obviously, the more times you use that, you know, it, it can create the obviously the, the prostate cancer. So that's why all men have to go get checked at an age of what, like 40, 45, 40 50. Some, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or if it runs in your family sooner. So. <clears throat> Right. Um. So health out there. So definitely go uh, to the male listeners. Go get checked for that. And then women, obviously, breast cancer. You know, you have to deal with that as well. So yeah, absolutely. Just, just, just in general, everybody has to get checked. Yeah. But um, it it I want to start this podcast off with an apology. Um, to the listeners or to me? Who, who, who? No, to to the listeners. Okay. And um, because we got some feedback. Okay. Um. And this person kind of reached out and was like, you know, um, it was about Meg Thee Stallion. And this was prior to her announcement the other day. So they said that, you know, they, they know it was kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? We kind of made our jokes and stuff. They knew that it was kind of funny and they know that it was coming from a good, you know, a, a, a funny perspective. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it was a serious issue, whether we believed it was real or not. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it, it was a possibility that it was real. And if it is real, you can affect somebody's with your word. You know what I'm saying? So, um, two days ago, Meg Thee Stallion went on live and she said, she announced that Tory Lanez actually really did shoot her in her feet. And she showed the bullet wound, which it was definitely a bullet wound. All right. And, um, and she says she wasn't going to say anything to anybody, but she's under a lot of pressure because people from his camp are going to blogs trying to say that she was, you know, escalating a situation or trying to fight. And she said it's absolutely not true. And that, in fact, when it started to escalate, she that's when she removed herself from the car. And that's when he shot her. Mm-hmm. So, um. I'm coming out to say that I apologize to anyone that I, 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 we we may have offended. If we didn't, we didn't. But if if we did, I want to apologize because I actually, truly, honestly believe her. And the reason and the reason why I really believe her is not even just because of the 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 wound that she showed. Okay, but she went she went on live, bro, with no makeup. <laughs> no, so, so that no, means it's true. <laughs> Bro, no makeup. No makeup means listen, it's true. Listen, bro, no makeup, no eye eyelashes. All right, in a hoodie. That means that she rolled uh, over hoodie that bellow. Means, bro, that means that she rolled over and said, "Fuck this, she, I'm done." She now, hoodie now, mellow. Now, uh, now I'm done. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I'm I mean, confused on what we said. That uh, I guess the only, just, that, no, no, no. the only thing that the only thing that I, I disputed jokes. was. That she's if if she did say that she, she got shot in the foot and it didn't hit any bones, that's why yeah. I was like, no. Nah. I think we I think we were just kind of making jokes and although they yeah, thought I'm it like, was funny, it was funny. Yeah, no, you know, no, no. The situation is 100 percent real. No, no, no. Domestic violence or any type of violence, I I highly don't condone that. It's and the, the girl, situation. And the girl was laughing, and the yeah. girl was laughing, and she said that it was yeah. funny, yeah. but she said just be mindful. Yeah, you know no, no, no. I I respect it. I just don't yeah. like. I said I just don't believe that you got shot in the foot and you it didn't hit any arteries, bones, so, or or, so in, or nerves. I don't I don't the, agree with where that. the bullet wound is, and you can see it in the picture, but it's like the back of her heel. It's like in the back of her heel, 
on like the bottom of her foot. Bro, that's some accuracy, you just, bro. You just got you just got to see. It's not accuracy. That's some accuracy. That's the reason dog. why he missed everything else. Oh, that's some accuracy. You can't shoot, bro. Like this. That's what I'm saying. We got to stop giving guns to people that can't shoot, bro. Uh, In this case, thank God he couldn't shoot. Yeah, facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, this has got to be. This is the first time in history, I believe, that anything of this magnitude has happened, bro. With a superstar like her on the rise, and she a female, bro, and gets shot by a, a, a guy that is also on the rise. Like, how does this happen? Like, this is crazy, bro. This dude literally. He probably heard what? Bro, he just got out of his. He just literally got out of his deal. He owns his own masters. He just signed a deal with Matt, with MTV. This dude is literally on the road to success, success, and blew it. So now they don't they don't need her to press charges on him anymore. You know they don't need they don't need her. Well, I think I think they can just do it. It's California. I think the problem with America is we think money changes people. True. Like by you saying he's on the way to success, he should change. That's not. We just talked about these motherfuckers, um, the NFL players who rob people. You know what I'm saying? Or, or we got your girl, um, the chick from Full House. Remember when she was in the scandal with uh, her daughter going to schools and she was cheating for him? She, she got money too. Like I don't. Oh, basically, what you're saying is, if you was a sucker before, you yeah, were out. absolutely. It don't yeah, I don't think the money changes you. The money, the money gives you the opportunities to do what you want to do. Like, I don't think people become pedophiles when they get money. <laughs> I think they You're was pedophiles before that. that. Yeah. So I I think if Tory Lanez was on that sucker shit, he was doing that way before. Yeah. So that's just he, how I see it. And know. he had cornball, man. I mean, this dude shot a woman while she was trying to walk away, bro. Who does that? Like, that's. Yeah, that's wild. He's 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 getting out of here, bro. He, he's he's definitely getting out of here. And uh, like I said, man, that's just corny, whack. Um, that's even that's even more whack than what we did with Rainbow Hair. We talking about Ra- Rainbow Hair dude, dude snitching on everybody. This dude shot a female while she walking away. <laughs> you know it's crazy. You know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, hopefully her mental, um, can help her with this because now, now you're in the 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 public opinion. You know what I'm saying. Now everybody calling her a snitch. <laughs> So now everybody on social media is calling her a snitch. She's waking up to this every day, bro. You know what I'm saying? And how can the victim be a snitch? The world is backwards, bro. The, the these young kids, these young kids, they don't understand anything. They calling her a snitch. Cause she told on the person, she's not a gangster, bro. She is not a blood. She is not a crip. And on top of all that, she did try to keep it on the low. You know what I'm saying? She, she admitted in the video that she tried to keep everybody, you know what I'm saying? Out of everything, just let it go or whatever. She, she should have just went to the police and, and, and said what she had to say in the beginning, but she said she was scared. You know what I'm saying? She said, black, she said three black people in a car with a gun during all this stuff that's going on right now. She didn't feel comfortable saying that, that, you know, that, that there was a gun and that there was this and that, and that she, 
you know, all all this stuff. She didn't feel comfortable saying anything. So, I mean, it sucks to even feel that way. But I mean, shit, I feel that way too. When when a cop pulled me over, I'd be nervous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So speaking of um guns, um, in Florida this last week, you know, like I said, my student or I said my student, my son's doing Zoom and all these other Google Hangouts and all this other. Oh, uh, I think event, I know where you're right? going with this. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> so in Florida, of course, the the worst state in the USA. Um, a ten year old was doing classwork, <clears throat> and the teachers see all this in the classes, and. There was a a dad walking past the 10-year-old, and you can see this all on film, and he kills the mom, shoots her. And so everybody, you talk about trauma, everybody's watching this shit. And so they called him, I think, a day later or later. Yeah, they called him. They called him. He tried to get on the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Did you hear that story? Uh -uh. He tried to. to, So as soon as he did it, he left and then tried to get on the bus. And the, the bus driver said he saw something was wrong so he didn't let him get on the bus and that's and it just so happened that SWAT SWAT was doing a training in that location. Yeah, that's good. So was and, that and, snitching? No. I, I don't understand. <laughs> like I don't understand it. Like this is crazy, bro. So It is. Yeah, these And it was over a Facebook status, a Facebook post or something. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I just know that, you know, like I said, the, the whole class saw this and that, I mean, you talk, like you said, that's going to mess everybody up for, well, the 10 year old kid just lost his, really his mom, her mom and dad. Right. So I don't know, man. So yeah, be safe out there. Yeah. yeah but these, uh, online's bro is, is yeah, teachers. So talk, I know. Yeah, talk to me, talk to me about that <laughs> with your son, man. How's that? How's that going? Um, so, uh, there's itineraries out, uh, weekly on you know the subjects that they'll be doing uh they don't overwhelm them they give they do about four or five subjects a day and then they're at like 40 50 minutes each segment so he'll have like uh let's say uh english for 50 minutes and then they'll get like an hour break and then they'll come back and then they'll do social studies then they'll get an hour break so that's really how the day goes from like eight to three um so as soon as he logs in all you hear is <clears throat> everybody talking bro Everybody's talking. Uh, so then the teacher gets started, and then somebody will say, "What page we on?" This is ten <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> what page we on? They in first grade. So then they got to do it, and then somebody says, "I gotta go to the bathroom." And somebody else's uh, live. Hey, excuse. Yeah. What page fifteen on? Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else's live. You hear other parents in the background talking on the phone. Ain't nobody got their stuff on mute. My son, um, he wasn't getting called, um, you know, because I think it's about 12 people in the class. So he wasn't getting called on to, um, you know, she'll ask, the teacher will ask certain questions and he wants to answer, but he, he didn't get his name called. I said, well, you know, go unmute yourself and just say, hey, I want to answer the next one. <clears throat> so that worked. Now he want to unmute himself and ask every answer question. Every, I'm like, bro, you can't be doing that, bro. Like, relax, dog. <laughs> I said, hey, man, like give other people a chance now. So so what I do to mitigate that is I'll ask him what the answer is, you know, and see if he knows it instead of, you know, the teacher asking and stuff like that. So it's 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 a it's it's a struggle, man. I mean, it's 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 a messed up situation for everybody. Um, And speaking of online, bro, let me speak to the high schoolers and college kids, man. Let me talk to you, all man. <sighs> 
did you hear teachers or the schools in high school or college are trying to get their laptops back because the pornography on these laptops are going through the roof. They're getting flagged all day. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> these students are taking home laptops. The schools provide laptops for these kids and the pornography sites are going through the roof. They're like bandwidths and everything. They're getting flagged all day and it's going back to the school, you know, cause that's like their IP address or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get their stuff back now. Like these kids are wilding, bro. Wilding they out. They ain't even discreet about it. No, the bro. They're like, well, I, and I ain't going to use my phone. So I'm going to use the computer or, you know what I'm saying? The school computer. So, so watch your kids out there. If they in high school or college, <laughs> watch your kids. Man. Speaking of college, uh, move in day was this, um, Friday move in day. Yeah. Oh shit. They're going to move out pretty soon. So, so, um, I'm driving Uber driving Lyft. So I'm picking up all these students and everything. Campus is cracking, bro. I'm telling you, it's like nothing going on. Nothing is going on. COVID don't exist, bro. It's four o'clock and the bars are packed. Like they got outside seating and stuff. So everybody's just outside kicking it. Um, people walking up and down the street. Um, it's not even like they're mo- like they're moving in. Like they already got their stuff. It's like they brought their boxes, put them in the put them in the room, and ran to go outside and get alcohol, bro. So nobody. So one of the rules that they have is, um, you have to be twenty one to go in every bar, no matter what. And it was nineteen. It was nineteen, but now it's twenty one. Uh, that way they're trying to slow down so the freshmen, you know what I'm saying, and whatever can't right. <clears throat> can't go in. Um, but nonetheless, bro, I mean, it's still packed. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, bro. I mean, like I'm, I'm literally looking at Joe's and all these other bars and stuff. And like, all these people are just kicking it. Um, no mask. And I still don't really understand what is the point of you have to wear a mask when you're standing up, but you don't have to wear it when you're sitting down. I, I, I don't understand why I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Can you explain this? I, I can't. Because that literally make- the the <clears throat> so in Atlanta, um, and we'll go over what you kind of asked me about uh gyms and stuff like that, working out how it works. Um, so in Atlanta, everything's open, bro. Like it it, it, it seemed like a mask is optional. But I like you said, I don't understand how I need a mask when I come in, but I can immediately take it off when I'm inside. Like that uh, that defeats the purpose, right? It doesn't make sense. I don't I can cough on everything in here. It's an <laughs> airborne, yeah. airborne thing, bro. It's yeah. I trust me. It's it's a it's a it's a false security, once again. I know we talked about that with airplanes and all the other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it makes no sense. So um so you want to ask the question yeah, uh, so for the listeners? So yeah. um yeah, my question was because I haven't started going back yet. So, um, in how, how are you treating the gym? How's the gym going for you? Cause I know you, you go often. So like, how, how is it? What, what's the difference? Is there a difference? What, what's going on with that? Yep. So, um, one update, uh, New York, uh, to the fans, uh, to the listeners listening to the show. Uh, if you're in New York, the gyms open up Monday. So I think tomorrow. So if you've been trying to dine to get to the gym, they open up tomorrow in New York. All right. So. <clears throat> um, I can only speak on the two LA fitnesses that I go to 
you know, I, I can't say it's all LA fitnesses or all gyms, but I can only just speak on my um, experience with these two gyms. They kind of do things similar, but a little bit different. Right. So um, when COVID first happened, obviously everything was closed. And then we were one of the Georgia was one of the first states to open back up. Right. Open everything up, even movie theaters. And even though there was no movies out, they opened everything up. <clears throat> so the first time going in, um, they take they check your temperature and you had to wear a mask. Right. Um, they put all the treadmills on the basketball court. They took all the bikes out of the gym of like the little yoga place. So you can't like be cycling classes and all this stuff. They didn't want, so they wanted social distancing. They didn't want classes to be held. Right. So all that was happening. That shit happened for about a month, a month later. Now masks are optional. They got the basketball courts open people hooping. Like I got downs. That's how many people be in there. Um, they're having classes again. So I had to change up how I work out to avoid these knuckleheads. Right. So what I normally do is a circuit. So a circuit is I'll probably run, let's say 500 meters or, you know, it's like two laps around a track. And then so to get my heart rate up and get a good sweat. Um, and then I'll go do some bench press. And after the bench press, I'll go do some shoulders. After that, I'll go do some legs. After that, I'll do some sit-ups. And then I'll go back to the treadmill, right? And complete that whole cycle again. So those are circuits. So if you look at that, if I do that three times, that's 15 stations, right? That I'm moving around the whole gym. Now what I do is I do all of it there. So if I want to run a mile and a half or a mile or whatever, I do it all at one time. And then I move to do bench press and I'll do that three sets, two sets. And then I go do arms. So now I'm only moving around five times. You get what I'm saying? Instead of the 15, because that gives me more chances to come in contact with somebody messing with shit. And I'm not coming after anybody because I'm staying in one spot. Right. And I clean it off. They provide bottles and things like that. I also don't go into the locker rooms. I, I, um, you know, keep my phone and my wallet in the car. Whatever I walk in there with, with my mask, the only thing I have in my pockets really is my keys. And then I'll just put those down and then I come back out. That's it. I'm not, you know, I so try do to you wear a, avoid stuff. You, so do you wear a mask in yes. the gym? Or yes, no? I wear the mask at the gym. And when I do everything, only thing I don't wear a mask is when I'm on the treadmill. You know, I'm not trying to pass out right. or something like that. Right, right, right. But I clean off the whole station. And then, every, so I cleaned off before I use any station. Then after I leave, I clean it off as well. And that's like the barbells and everything. I clean everything off, everything that you touch. Um, and that's basically it. Like I said, that's how I do the gym, but it could be different in different places. In the LA fitnesses, they try, they give you like sanitation bottles. Some of them have hand sanitizer everywhere. You see more people cleaning up, but that's, that's to suffice for them. That's not the people that are reckless coming in there. Some people come in there with no mask. They go hoop. They go do this. They go do that. And you don't know where these people have been. Okay. So well, at least I you mean, got a. So you made a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, made you a, gotta plan have a plan, and, 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 I got and, to. and you executed it. Okay. I mean, shit, well, I, mean, I still, I still you got the best you can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm still essential. I'm still got a kid to raise. You know, what I'm saying I'm still around people, so I got full on the people that I'm around. But it's a inherent risk, right? I mean, some people still fly every week. So what if you're going to do something and it's an inherent risk, try to be the safest you can, you know, doing that. So. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. Um, 
Let's jump to uh, this unemployment situation, man. Uh, Talk to me. It's a lot of people out there hurting again, um, and there's no there's there's no real negotiations going on, but for the for the new stimulus package and everything that's going on, the extra six hundred dollars a month is 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 gone for those people who are receiving that. Um, so now it's just back to regular unemployment. Um, and I was listening to this guy talk about it and he was just saying that, um, when he was received, they asked him, first of all, you know, um, when you were receiving the extra $600, were you able to save anything or, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you manage the money? And he said, no, I wasn't able to save anything because I had to play catch up from 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 six from like five months you know what i'm saying he had to play catch up on everything that's getting his rent caught up on his electric bill caught up on is is you know all all the bills everything that he, he he needed to and you know they give you these extensions you know what i'm saying because of covid so nobody was, was getting anything shut out um most people were not getting um evicted but then as soon as, you know, you, you get this money, now you got to play catch up. You know what I'm saying? So you got to, you got to, you got to go back and spend it. You know what I'm saying? So he wasn't able to save anything. He said, now he's back to, he said, now he's at like $250 a week. And he said, he's going back in the same situation he was before COVID hit. And he, he can't go to work. He was like, my work is still shut down. I can't go. So um, and he was like, there's no programs or anything that he can get on. It's just him, his wife and his daughter. So, um, he was just like, man, I don't know what they got to do, but man, it's, it's people out there off worse than me. He was like, it's people worse than me out here. He was like, and although, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, giving you my story th at the end of the day, there's people out there who can't even get unemployment. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't get through the website. Right. The websites keep shutting down because there's so many people trying to, you know, still file for unemployment. So, um, you know, when I was listening to that, I started looking it up again, trying to see what they're doing. You know, they're they're really not even at first. They were talking about it every single day, um, you know, extending it. And then Trump went on saying that he's going to extend, make it uh, instead of um <clears throat> Originally, what the what the Republicans wanted to do was reduce the six hundred to 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 two hundred yep. to two hundred, and they were like, because people aren't going to go back to work. They feel like people aren't going to go back to work if they're making more on unemployment than they were at their job. But but bro, there's people out there who can't go. To, so what about the people who can't go to work? Yeah, and that's a very that's a small minority. Like right. <laughs> That's yeah. You can't change that big rule for the the let's say a, a a thousand people who did that. Like, but it's millions of people who can't can't afford their their everyday life right now. That's not so. Good. So then Trump goes on and he said he signed some executive. I don't, bro. Listen, I used to think executive orders means this shit happens now. I'm the president and this will happen. But this dude signs an executive order for bullshit every day, bro. <laughs> I don't and and. and and I don't even believe in an executive order anymore because he was like, I'm signing this executive order. And you know how he always signs it. And then he picks it up and shows yeah. it to the camera. Yeah, he models, he models what he does. Yeah. Yeah. He do that. 
And then, but they said that that's, you can't just do that, bro. Y'all got to have, a, a y'all, both parties have to agree. He thinks that just because he's the president, he can do whatever he wants to do. And so then people was like, well, sh- at least I get the four. So you're getting people excited for something that's not pos- that's not happening. You know what I'm saying? So it was just a messed up situation. And, and I'm just, I'm hoping that they fix it because like, like that guy said, man, there's some people out there right now who are in dire need of this, bro. We talked about it plenty of episodes before that there are people out there who are committing suicide because they can't deal with this stuff, bro. Or committing crime or committing crime to, to suffice, man. And you think they just doing it just to, just to be doing, but when you take you, when you take a few things away from somebody who ain't I got nothing anyway. This Sur- is what's survival going to survival, bro. Survival. And to make it worse, public transportation is in jeopardy across the US. You got to think like a lot of people aren't number one flying, taking trains, buses, like they're not doing any of that because number one, they don't feel safe or their job, you know, they, they don't have a job. So those companies are losing a lot of money and they're obviously not getting people jobs and not doing the maintenance that they need to. And what about the people who need that to even go to work? If those come in jeopardy, it's going to be even another, you know, scenario where they could get fired or they're going to be late or whatever it is. And it's making the situation bad, man. And 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 we got to talk talk about this, man. This, this post office stuff is yeah. it's really scary, bro. Um, I mean... I saw that that video of them taking the the um post office stuff off the streets, you know what I'm saying? And it's like they're really the mailboxes, it's like they're really doing everything they can to try to steal this election, bro. And it's literally Antonio, it's in our face. <laughs> they doing they're not even being discreet about it, bro. They're doing it in our face. And it, it's I think there needs to be more of an outrage about this than it is. Because I don't I don't I don't see. Don't get me wrong. I see people talking about it, but I don't see enough people talking about it. You know what I'm saying? I seen so many people talking about WAP and how this is doing that and this is doing that and it's blowing up the Internet. But I'm not hearing anything about these mailboxes being taken off the streets or these um these uh where where you can put your ballots in uh changing everywhere and and they're telling you that you know you you can go to this one spot they're sending you letters telling you this is where you're going to be able to vote but then they send you another letter telling you no it's changing to this you can literally see that they're trying to steal this election and it's sick bro it really is sick i've never seen anything like this in your in our face normally we kind of be behind it We'd be like, damn, man, they really doing this. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like it's right in our face and it sucks, man. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, are older, like my grandma, who votes every four years and she doesn't want to go out and stand in line, but she is going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because she feel like that's something that she she has to do. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people out there who are sicker and those mail-in ballots mean everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I, it I don't just know. sucks, man. You know, you know how I feel about it. All this shit's built in. It is? It's built in of why... I mean, 
why are we just now learning about this stuff or why don't we know the, all the rules? Right. right. Like this shit has been in place forever. Um, shout out. So before I go into my rants, man. So shout out to um, the women, man. So last week marked a hundred years when women could vote. So women could vote um, August 18th, 1920. That's when the first time women could vote. So just reached a hundred years to them. And, and I don't understand it. I think we kind of, me and you had like an offline conversation of um, when did we get the Statue of Liberty? Right. Yeah, it was yeah. way before 1920, I think. Right. And I and I was wondering, I was like, how could America have a Statue of Liberty <laughs> as our symbol of America? But women couldn't vote like we didn't even care about women in America. And you told me it was because it was a gift. And I said, well, that makes sense. Then <laughs> America didn't make that shit. <laughs> so it's like things just don't. Things add up when you think about it as an adult, you know, but it's, it, it's just it's so, it's just sad, you know, like how we just we don't understand all the nuances to voting, but we're 30 something. Like, why is that? Why don't we understand the nuances to credit? But we're 30 something. Why don't we understand the nuances to our taxes? Because it's built in. They don't because want, we, they, we, we are. They don't want us to know. But we are going to be the change. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like you. You you teaching your son this at an oh, early age. What? Me Fact. teaching my son at this early age. It should it should trickle down, and the times will change as more people do that. You I know mean, what I'm saying? That's a fact. But we shouldn't have to do that. You know, this You're shit right. should be. Right. We, we we learn all this shit in school. That stuff that we don't use. Why is that? Like, come on, bro. Like, like why? PE is going away. Physical. We're the the most obese country. In the world, but we're gonna stop doing physical education because they want you to eat more. Uh, I don't understand how uh, uh, McDouble with bacon is ninety nine cents, but water is three dollars. Can you explain that to me? Our body's made of water. This world is made of water. Are we gonna talk about Summer Walker saying that we need to stop feeding our kids with milk and? <clears throat> And and stop giving them uh, this food at at school and start giving our babies smoothies and just uh, give give a That's kid a, a pear in the morning. That's a fact. One pear? No, no, no. You not understand it, bro. She said, give them a pear in the morning uh-huh. and three peas oh, no, in the I afternoon. I don't. Okay, now she's wilding, bro. <laughs> She's three peas. I was with her. her. Look, I bought the ticket, and then you get there, you're like, Whoa, where are we going again? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your return policy on this? (laughs) I don't even know how to eat three peas, bro. (laughs) Have you ever eaten three peas? What, like, Uh, there's never even been the last three peas. Can you buy a pea though? But can you buy a pea? Like, how what's the going rate on a pea? It's going to be, it, it's more than a, um, a extra large orange Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get the, the 90 ounce sweet tea with no ice. All right. That's 83 cents. What? <laughs> Can I get a water? No, no. You got to pay for water. What? I got to pay for water. Yeah. I don't get it, bro. Um, so I got some, uh, some feedback, man, from the last episode too, man. Okay. So, All so, right. so number one, shout out to Polk Chop, man. Appreciate yeah, definitely, him definitely. Um, coming on, you know, a professional gamer to the listeners who uh, please check out that our latest episode with him. 
Um, he's a, he's a silly guy, man. So check him out on YouTube as well. But um, I was getting a lot of messages about about the going rate for a tooth, bro. For my son, bro. <laughs> I got a lot of feedback, man. I love it. And and to let y'all know, man, y'all rich, bro. Y'all some rich people out here, man. What they say, so, bro? Somebody said, yeah, my. I got about $50 when I was a kid. I said $50. $50. Somebody else said, yeah, they do about 20, 20 a tooth. Some other people say, yeah, they get, they get tens and twenties. And I'm like, bro, y'all rich, bro. bro this sounds like I, a drug transaction. bro. 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 Like I grew up in the hood, bro. I, we was doing hand-me-down tooths. Oh my God. I lost my tooth and they gave it to my little brother and said, huh, here you go. He can use it for something. You know what I'm saying? Like this shit is crazy <laughs> out here, bro. But, but I appreciate y'all, uh, you know, responding and listening, man. And I'm, I'm going to figure out something for his tooth. It ain't, it ain't every, every time I see him, it gets looser and looser. So I don't know. I, I, like I said, I might, I might do something for him on the first one. And then the, 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 uh, the front two teeth. That's what I'm going to break the bank. Everything else. Right. Hey, man, look, we're going to make it work. All right. Uh, um, <clears throat> Happy birthday to the legendary Kobe Bryant. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Kobe. I think he would have been uh, 42, I believe, today. Um, and they make it, what, 8, 824? Is, is that yeah, like Kobe a, Day or something like that? Kobe Day in, in Los Angeles. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, man. Um, yeah, happy birthday, Kobe. Um, breaking news, something that just happened right now, officially. The Baltimore Ravens are announced that they are officially moving on from Earl Thomas. Yeah, I gotta um, check into what happened with that. He yeah, well, I saw the video. Oh, I didn't. That's what I want to see. All right. So um basically he got upset at practice um for blown blown coverage uh with one of his uh teammates. Um and he flipped out. <laughs> he flipped out man they didn't show him actually punch the dude but it the report said that he punched him and you know what i'm saying when it when fights happen all the time like you coach the coach was saying you know fights happen all the time you know um pushing shoving wrestling you know what i'm saying you got to pull them apart that's one thing that happens during camp all the time but when it goes to the measure that it went in this circumstance um, they they just decided that you know to to part ways with Earl. Earl is one of my favorite football players. Um, and it really sucks because you know coming after his injury and then bouncing back and having a great season last year. Um, and then obviously he's on a team was on a team that is contending for a championship. I would say a contender. Yeah, uh, you would say that. I was I would say that. I would say that they're top. They're top. Six, six or seven. So um, the Dallas Cowboys have uh, put in some interest on him. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens, man. But yeah, Earl Thomas was released or is, is expected to be released or traded today. So, okay. And um, one more sports thing. Uh, Cormier, you know, from the UFC, um, he lost last week. Um, I forgot what what number UFC fight it was, but he lost the belt. Um, and so he decided to retire after the fight. So um, George Cormier to the listeners out there who watch UFC. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and, uh, and what's then up? Also, um, you know, just briefly touch on uh, NBA playoffs. Um, how are you? How are you liking bubble playoff? 
I mean, shit, we get basketball four times a day every day, man. So I'm, I'm, hey, sign me up. <laughs> All right, sign I'm me here up. to, I'm here to apologize to my cousin Jay. Okay. All right. I said that this was gonna be, this was gonna suck. Okay. I said it was gonna be terrible, bro. Uh-huh. And boy, was I wrong. Good. This has been some great basketball, bro. Good. Um, there's been more. There's been more passion on this court than without fans, than with fans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's no um, Hollywood shit. It ain't the flash. It ain't celebrating. Even though that's great, but this is you on hoop or not. That's it. <laughs> Stop your man, and you got to score on him. I'm and with they, you, man. And they and they and they going at it they too, man. It. Um, I seen I just saw a fight yesterday. Yeah, and uh, they throwing punches. I was like, oh, hold on, bro. Like, this, maybe this is what happens in practice that we don't see. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you know gonna see him at the buffet later. Like that's and the that's crazy what I'm thing, saying. you bro. When you leave out, you gotta see this dude. The refs, bro. they cuss out the refs like nothing. But then the refs are in the bubble too. What's your feeling on um, Harold from the Clippers calling Luca? I think he called him a white motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw. He said. He so. said punk ass white boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched what's, it live. What, what's I, I your, what's it. your what's your thoughts? I don't, bro. What don't that? So I can't answer those questions because I'm them. I love. This is me talking shit. You know me, bro. I've been talking shit. I've talked shit to cheerleaders. I've talked shit to coaches. I've talked shit to my players. The other play, I t- that's just me, bro. So every, so, but, every but I when need you, it. But, but when you, but when you, but you understand the the backlash coming from white people saying that if this was the other way around, yeah, no, that's that's that. So yes, I agree with that, but. It, that's been going on for years, even though that needs to change. It's just, it, it just, it, I mean, it happens. So, I mean, so black Matt, people Matt, call black people the N word all the time in basketball. Yeah. Uh, you got to, the, the same uproar should be, that same energy should be kept too. So Matt Barnes talked about it and he said he basically just, mem- he basically just said exactly what you said, but he also added in, he, there is way more things that's being said on that court facts than this. <laughs> he was like, and and wrong is wrong, yeah. you know. But at the end of the day, it, it, this is this is basketball, and you hearing things about people's wives, yeah, their kids, yeah. Uh, what they're all personal. It's it's everything is out the window. It's all go on the court. So this is just we're as fans, we're hearing these, we're we're seeing and we're hearing these things that we may not have uh, uh, seen or heard before, but this has been happening forever. Like this is not new, man. I, and I've, I've told people that they cheerleaders were ugly before, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey bro, it just, it just happened, man. It's part of, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Any arguments and fights I need it. I need to be there, bro. But well, it's, I, it's I, I, I was got to rap every day. So it just is. I, I was wrong though. The bubble, the bubble is great, and it's definitely given a lot of the people who are out there who um, typically, you know, like players or some players you may not have heard of or you know a little bit about, but then they break out, they score 35, you know what I'm saying, and they're having a great playoffs, you know what I'm saying, right now. So, I mean, we get, we're getting a lot of that too. So I'm really enjoying it, man. I'm really enjoying it. So I apologize, Jay. 
my bad. I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? But the Lakers up 2-1, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're going to go ahead and take take out Portland, get them out of here, you know. So. Uh, um, one last thing, man. So um, I, I don't know why I thought this. Um, this is music related, but it just hit me that. So Nas has a new album out um called King's Di- King's Disease um and he reminds me of Mary J Blige and I'm gonna okay. say why he only puts out oh, I mean well, obviously this is before Illmatic and all this shit that's that's excluded but he puts out good music when he when he has a heart broken bro mm, okay I never like, thought about so, that like he makes good music like so when he broke up with Khalees and all this stuff he had a you know an album out and I love the album and this is, he's talking about, you know, Nicki Minaj. He finally uh, addressed the Nicki Minaj uh, situation and just other things like that, that I like, I like heartbroken Nas. I like him. So he kind of reminded me of Mary J. Blige, that Mary J. Blige, I don't even like any of her music unless she broke up with somebody or somebody cheated on her. <laughs> Damaged then, Mary is Damaged the best Mary, bro. bro. She hitting all the notes. She's the opposite <laughs> of Mariah Carey. Like, it's crazy. So, you know what this, this album did for me? Um, I think this... It it did it did two things. Number one, um, I think it got him out of the talks of he picks the wrong beats. Right, he got with heat maker or beat maker, whatever his name hit, is. Hit maker, hit maker. Okay, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit boy, shit. Hit, hit boy, yeah, something like hit that. Hit boy. Yeah. Now listen, this is dope for old for older artists. Okay, um, give young people a chance, bro. You know what I'm saying? This dude, this young, this young man's 33 years old. He al- he's already worked with you know a lot of our legends as is. You know what I'm saying? And I always hear a lot of older people stick with the same producers that they've always been with. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that. But if you can get in, I, I love how uh, Hit Boy spoke about it. He said that they were just in the studio together, and their the vibe was always right. You know what I'm saying? Like they was just making music together and unlike how Kanye was in there with, with Nas, that album was terrible, bro. Yeah. It's like they never was together. Yeah, absolutely. And, but this album is, is a, is a really dope. It's dope, man. I really like it. Yeah. And um, Dave East also has an album out too. So shout out to him. Um, shout to out Dave. Um, te- Pharrell, Pharrell and Jay-Z dropped a, a song out and it, and it is, is not very good, bro. <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, now listen, let me, I don't want to make nobody good, mad, though. bro. The video's good. The video is good, bro. So if you, if you watch the, if you watch, if you listen to the song, go watch the video too. Cause it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But the song, the just watch the video, maybe on mute. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, like J verse, everything it, it's fine. It's just the song is just not good yeah, to me. But the song, but the video is powerful though. Very great, powerful. Great, great video. Um, Dave East uh, album's called Karma Three. So shout out to Dave East as well, man. Okay. And also, um, out right now, um, my my favorite artist. That's that's doing music right now, bro. Uh, dropped a amazing, amazing, heartfelt album. It's called Twice as Tall. It's by Burner Boy. Dude, man, he put he put some he put some hit some heat on this, bro. Like I, I liked his last album. 
uh, African Giant. I like that a lot. But this one, um, he was, I think Puff played a, a production role on it. And uh, he got a lot of good music on there, man. Just, it's something, Antonio, you could just put on, like today, if you cleaning the crib or if you're doing something, you just going around, you know what I'm saying? Just You can listen to it straight all the way through. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What is it again? It's called uh, Twice as Tall by Burner Boy. It's African music. Okay. Okay. Um, Contrary to popular belief, he is speaking in English. He's just from Africa. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But um, he got some heat on there, bro. And um, yeah, he got some, he got some heat on there. And and I think, um, I think he got a, he got a record on there. I like a lot uh, called Naughty by Nature. Featuring Naughty by Nature. Nice. And they spitting, bro. <laughs> nice. Like they spitting. Like so, yeah, he, he's got some he's got some really good um good music, man. So shout out to him. Uh another another song on there that I really like is called Way Too Big and Alarm Clock. So both all, all those songs that I mentioned it, but the whole album is good. Okay. <clears throat> so um what else we talk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me get to my books. I told you, I told y'all that I was gonna start talking about books. On the podcast because, um, you know, Antonio does his cornbread review and, you know, I've been um, doing some audio books. So I did start an audio book um, that I that I'm enjoying right now. It's uh, Jay-Z Made in America. Um, It's read by Michael Eric Dyson, um, Pharrell and Nick Cannon. Um, It's it's. It's a really good book about Jay-Z, bro. Just about the, the American culture. Um, kind of like the rise of Jay-Z, um, the business of Jay-Z, like who he is. And I don't without giving too much away, because it's it it kind of breaks down into a lot of detail. But that's a book I would suggest to you guys. Um, whether you're gonna listen to it or whether you wanna read it, um, it is it is very good, bro. Very good book. Okay. So that's one to check out. Ho, <laughs> uh, uh, you got you got to before he come on the record. You know how he do it. <laughs> um, also, real big news. Uh, well, Tony, you you got something else for us? That's it, man. Okay. Also, um, <clears throat> some really big news happened that was well deserved. The Radio Hall of Fame uh, inducted um, Sway. Oh snap! So Sway is in there, which should he should have been a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Angie Martinez, who should have okay. been in there a long time ago. Yeah, I don't understand this. Um, and there was a couple of other people, um, but uh also they inducted uh the Breakfast Club. Shout out to them. So um yeah, with with them doing that, well, first of all, it it seems like uh the Breakfast Club going in with these legends. Is a great thing, but it's it was also kind of weird, <laughs> just because it's like Sway has been doing this on one show for so long, you know what I'm saying? And Ange been doing it for so long, and then the Breakfast Club doesn't it doesn't appear that they've been around that long, you know what I'm saying? Well, well, look at the Hall of Fames though. I mean, just just because like the class of 2020 or what a 2021, it could be Kobe Bryant, but it could also be somebody from the sixties as well. Somebody you know, from so the it's 60s, not, yeah. yeah, it's not based off of time. It's just based off of timing. If that makes sense. You mm, know, I like it, man. So, um, yeah. So, um, why don't we, why don't we do this? 
why don't we have a special guest on for today's show? How you feel about that? Man, what? Bro, number one, we've been hitting the listeners with what back to back to back to back to back to back <laughs> in it special guests, bro. So let's do it, bro. You know I'm down. What's up? All right, let's get a guest on the line, bro. All right, guys, A-Square Podcast. It's your boy DJ A-Ron alongside my brother Antonio, a.k.a. Cornbread. What's going on, bro? How you doing? Good, man. What's up, world? How y'all doing out there? I'm sure the world is dealing with us, dealing with this mess like we all are. (laughs) We're waiting for that that check anyway, so they'll be happy. Right, right. (laughs) We we got a special guest on here uh, with us today. Uh, DJ Dramos is on here, and he... Is you know what I'm a why don't I let you introduce yourself and and what you do? How about that? Sure. What's going on, guys? <laughs> uh, so I'm one of the uh, producers of the Breakfast Club. Uh, I'm a DJ as well as a music producer, uh, radio personality, and and just podcast personality, and a bunch of other random things, I guess that that goes along with that. Right. So uh, why don't you um tell us a little bit about like your your upbringing, like what got you into DJing, mm-hmm. and then like what's the the path that you took? Um, I mean, I think for me, obviously, music has always been just like a major interest of mine, you know, um, any kind of genre of music. So originally, you know, when I started playing instruments, I started playing bands and things like that and kind of got to tour the country doing that when I was young, probably like 17 to 21. Um, got to travel around a little bit with that. And then, you know, kind of once that ended and you know, I kind of still had that music bug, you know, DJing had always been a real interest of mine. It was something I had dabbled in even throughout that time, time period of traveling with the band. So, you know, once uh, that ended, I kind of really went headfirst into DJing. And then through that, man, that just like opened the path of me meeting different people in radio and whatever the case may be and kind of just led me to, to where I am right now. So did you do radio prior to um like being with the Breakfast Club? Like, did you were you already doing like different stations? Yeah. Um, so prior to the breakfast, so breakfast up, uh, we're all owned by iHeart Media. So I had been with with iHeart probably maybe two years prior to the Breakfast Club. Oh, nice. um, so before actually working with them, I was working at one of our sister stations down the hall. So that's actually where I got my start. I would uh, work overnight, like midnight to 6 a.m., just running the boards over there. Um, and then obviously one thing led to another of the opportunity at the breakfast club happening, but yeah, I was already about two years in, uh, officially with that. And before that, I was also working with like a syndicated show, kind of doing some, some DJ stuff for them as well for, for like a year or so before that. Nice. Nice. So where are you from? Where are you from, man? Uh, so born in New York, um, and then Jersey, uh, like high school and on. And then now, you know, based out of, uh, out of Jersey city. So I'm right across the, the water from New York. No, How's that commute every day, man? I know it's pretty it's crazy. Be- oh, man, it's easy, bro. 15 minutes, man, door to door. It's a blessing, especially you got to be there at 5 a.m., man. So, you know, uh, one of the best decisions I ever made was, was moving up here closer to closer to New York, and it's been amazing, man. I was just telling um, Antonio this uh, on the last podcast. I was telling him my homeboy lives in, Jer- in Jersey, mm-hmm. and so when I come out that way, I have to take the uh, Jersey Transit you know, mm-hmm. to get to him. So my boy was like, all right, listen, whatever you do, don't take, don't get on there at five o'clock. You know, you know what I'm saying? He was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. make sure you get on there plenty early. I said, all right, cool. So I, you know, I went at four 30. I thought a half hour would be a good time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, man, all those people down there and trying to yeah, jump man. on at the same time. Oh my God. It was just, it was crazy. As soon as they said what track it was going to be on, mm-hmm. it was nuts. It yeah. was nuts, man. 
it gets a little uh it gets a little wild i'm blessed that you know the hours that i go in and out are like non-rush hour times so you know but when i'm going in nobody's going in and when i'm coming out people are not leaving they're just right. kind of getting their day started so i get to miss uh luckily all the, the fun <laughs> of that rush hour craziness right. um so well first of all you being a part of the breakfast club and being um you know the producer um first of all congratulations uh i mean i feel like you you are a part of that them going into the hall of fame Thank you. um and i think that's amazing uh when did you guys get the news today really uh, yeah we were uh, we were on air and and uh the link got sent in and, and we made the announcement today so we all we all found out today congratulations man. <laughs> that's crazy man Thank yeah you, congratulations man. i think that's awesome um so you know, with, with all this COVID stuff that's going on right now, you, you guys having to do this at home, mm -hmm. like walk us through what happened when you heard that you had to do everything at home and all that, like walk us through that. Um, so the way it's set up right now is I go into the station, the three of them stay at home. And then it's like, so it's like me and two or three other producers and we're all kind of separated for the most part. Um, and we're kind of there, the behind the scenes people kind of go in and then the three of them do it from home um, just to kind of keep separation. But um, I do remember like kind of we would be joking around about conversations about like, you know, what if this thing is real and it gets all crazy and what would happen? Um, and then it happened pretty quickly, man. It was probably like a Wednesday or Thursday and we kind of had like a, a talk with the bosses where they were like, you know, talking about that, you know, what would happen potentially if things escalated um and that they were preparing to basically give them like these kits so they could broadcast from home and the kits would have like the microphone and all that kind of stuff um and they would just connect to their internet at home uh and then you know within that happened on like you know it might have even been a friday and then boom everything kind of changed you know really quickly for us that over that week and it was like you know nobody's coming in <clears throat> sorry nobody's coming in as far as them um and then I had kind of sat back that that the first two weeks working from home uh, just until things kind of cooled down. And then basically everybody was at home and, and I went back in there to kind of work. But it's been crazy. I mean, just the adjustment in general of like, you know, being at home and trying to figure out how to communicate to one another and get the, you know, because it's a lot of like signals that we kind of send each other when we're live, you know, in person and things like that. And the show is on a pretty like a hard time clock. So to try to keep on that without being able to see each other, without being able to like, you know, uh, kind like of feel the energy, answer. know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, absolutely. And then it was also the tech side of it was all brand new. So like people are trying to figure out, you know, their Wi-Fi signal and like, you know, that had to be adjusted, <laughs> you know, like stupid things you didn't even think about, but like, you know, somebody, they had to get like a better Wi-Fi at home. And like, you know, there was times where it was breaking up and we'd have to disconnect and reconnect. And like, so I would say it was first like, week or two if you listen to the show is kind of like a shit show you know what i'm saying it was all over the place yeah i don't think nothing's wrong i mean that's that shows your humans i mean everybody right. had to adjust right so i don't think obviously as big as a show that your you guys are it was any mm -hmm. different you know um but yeah you, know, you guys prevailed um yeah, so have yeah. you been with the breakfast club from day one no I've, I've been with the breakfast club for um man i think i think it's about to be three years maybe three years it's like okay two and a half yeah um two years actually being in the room with them and then i also did like another year uh where i was in like one of our other our local studios side by side because so since the breakfast club is nationally syndicated there is the national studio which is the one that i work out of now with them and then there's a the local one that basically like controls new york city 
Um, so I was working at a local one in New York, and that one's not the one that's like, you know, I'm in a separate studio when you do that. So I was doing that one for like a year before anybody, you know, kind of saw me or knew who I was uh, at that okay. point. Right. All right. So that was going to lead into my, my question. Um, mm -hmm. You know, me being a consumer of the Breakfast Club for many years, you know, mm -hmm. I'm uh, a lot of interviews stick out, man. I, I still, a lot of our friends do quotes from, you know, like the Ray J one or, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, back to back in it or, uh, yeah, you know, even Birdman when it's all tree, y'all, when that went viral. Yes. Um, definitely Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, yeah. I mean, one, yeah. they're endless. But what was one that kind of stuck out to you that you were like, yeah, this one's a good one, or you know that this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna be good, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, I, I, there's certain people that I definitely love their interview. Like to me, whenever Fifty Cent comes in, it's a great interview. You know, I think he's a, he's a really good um, conversationalist. You know, obviously Will Smith and Martin Lawrence is legendary. Um, you know, but I think. For me personally, it was Jesus and Mero because that was uh, that was literally my uncomfortable first day. probably. Yeah, they were oh, yeah. <laughs> bro. That was my first day in the room with them. Oh, like, you don't even see me because I'm in a corner somewhere. But like, this was like <laughs> my first day. Like, I, you're about to start taking over the the boards. Like, um, so I, they had me like sitting in and training and that kind of thing. And that was my first day. So like, I'm just sitting there, uh, you know, in the corner while all this shit is going down. Uh, and it was like, whoa, like, what the hell, you know, what do I get myself into, basically? Right. Uh, and I was super uncomfortable because you don't know what, what the hell to do. I don't know them, you know, that I don't know Envy that well at that point, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. So, yeah, just sitting back there, that was definitely like, you know, uh, man, I, I've definitely got myself into a crazy situation with this job. First day. Yeah, First bro. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely wild, man. So, um, so I wanted to ask you, well, first of all, what led me to contact you was the videos that you put up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I always watch your videos and stuff and you had put this video up and you said, I, I think it was like, you felt like you hit the ceiling um, when it comes to the breakfast club, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and when I first saw it, I was just like, damn, like I, would, I, I can't feel that energy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't understand that. But then the more I thought about it, out of all the things that I've done in my DJ profession, and I kind of got to that point a few times where, yeah, this is a great job. Yeah, this is me. This is me, you know, doing what I love. But mm -hmm. I can't keep DJing at the same spot forever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how did you come to that that feeling? Yeah, I mean, at, at first and foremost, you know, um, I would never want it to be misinterpreted as me being un unappreciative of the opportunity. Right, right. right. So I'm forever grateful that of being a part of this show and, and getting to get paid to do this, especially I used to drive to my like my last nine to five, you know, in like 2012, I was listening to the breakfast club on my way to work every morning. So like that full circle thing, like doesn't get lost on me how crazy that is that now I work there. I never had any idea that that would even be a possibility. So, you know, first and foremost, I'm forever grateful. But I also think when you are a driven person, when you're a goal oriented person, when you um, have large expectations for yourself and you have these grand visions, you know, you're going to achieve your, some goals. And, you know, once you achieve those goals, it's not, you're never going to be like 100% satisfied and just staying in that same thing. You know what I'm saying? I think no matter what the goal is that you achieve, you know, if you're of a certain personality, you're always going to like reset and want to find something else and, right. and a new goal to attack and a new sort of threshold to break through. So, you know, for me, it's been such a blessing to be here to get to, 
work amongst you know three legends like Angela Yee, Charlamagne, and DJ Envy every day. And um, I also think it would be a disservice to to almost the situation if I was so comfortable that I just stayed in that same position. You know, uh, what what would be the point of having some of the greatest mentors a person could ever ask for? If it wasn't for that, you're going to go and take some of this knowledge that you've learned and then also, you know, allow it to, to, you know, grow, you know, and allow it to grow inside of you. So you can now build something of your own as well and and move on to, to bigger and better things one day. You know, and I'm not saying that that's something I'm planning on doing tomorrow and, you know, putting in my yeah, of course. Or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. But it's also sort of uh, in one sense, it's a very honest conversation, you know, where I have myself where, you know. Uh, am I going to be satisfied sitting here and just saying, hey, this is it for me, or do I want to continue to push? And obviously for me, I want to continue to push. And then it's also, you know, uh, almost, I think it's also to, to a degree challenging myself. You know what I'm saying? Like like putting it out there publicly, and this is now a challenge to myself that I have to push myself to, to grow beyond this. You know, that I have to push myself to use everything I've learned and to continue to learn and to push myself to look for, you know, bigger opportunities. You know, I mean... At one point, you know, Envy was Miss Jones' sidekick and Charlamagne was Wendy Williams' sidekick and all these different things, right. you know. And as great of opportunities as those were, you know, they obviously had bigger goals and, and bigger visions for themselves. So they went after it and created something great like the Breakfast Club. And, you know, I'm hoping that one day I can, you know, create something of my own that, you know, is at least half as great as what they've created, you know. So that's kind of the, I guess, the thought process in it all. And it wasn't like you were saying, I'm leaving. Right. Tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? Because like, when I first read it, of course, yeah. when you first read something like that, you're like, it, it would be like if Charlemagne was like, I think I hit my ceiling at the Breakfast Club. Right, 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 right. right. So then we'd all be like, yeah, here comes a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, so, right. I, but it didn't feel that way when you, when I listened to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It really did feel exactly the way that you just said it. So, um, I wanted to also just touch on uh, the the fact that. I enjoy that they bring you in mm. during shows to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you are, you're, you're, I don't get that with other shows. You know mm. what I'm saying? With a lot of different shows, I don't get the producer of the show to talk or, you know what I'm saying, whatnot. So I can mm. appreciate when they do that. How did you guys come to that, that part where they just include you into a conversation? I think the first time I heard them do mm. it, I think it was a, there was a Spanish girl or something that called in. Mm. Can't really remember exactly what it was, but they had to ask you about what she was saying. Right. And then no, you were able, right. you, and then you had to come in and break it down because you didn't yeah. want them to offend somebody. You know what I'm saying? Right. Cause I think like the day before or uh, the past Friday or something, they had said something and then got a lot, got some backlash, you know, from mm -hmm. the Spanish community. Mm -hmm. But uh, did you guys like sit and talk about that? Or is that something that just happens organically? No, it's very organic. I mean, uh, the three of them are highly creative people. Very, very much, you know, a lot of the stuff you see is really just off the top of the dome. It's not very much planned, you know. Um, so I think it starts with just the rapport that we have when we're not on the mics. You know what I mean? Um, behind the scenes, we're always joking around, you know, obviously pre-COVID and even now with it, but it's not the same. But we would always have like these group jokes going on and we'd all be clowning each other during breaks and things like that. So there's automatically this rapport. Um, and a lot of times, you know, naturally just, you know, after having built some trust with them, like when, when there's a conversation happening, I'm going to give my two cents. And sometimes that might cause some sort of a stir or a funny kind of way that you know topic or something like that and they'll creatively just bring it on air you know um and include me in it you know so that's sort of how it happened and then i think also 
you know, there there is this recognition. Um, and you might be talking about the Super Bowl conversation of the Super Bowl half. I think show. that was it. Yes, yes. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yep. Because um, I was just I, on the way back from Miami. I had some events down there that I DJed. Yeah. And I was on the way back. And then uh, it was a little bit later. I heard them. And then they kind of just brought you on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think there's also this this realization. I know Charlemagne talks about it a lot where representation matters, right? So, you know, um, the beauty of the Breakfast Club is that, you know, obviously it is such a strong, amazing pillar for the African-American community. But you also do have listeners outside of that, you know, especially a lot of uh, Latinos and Hispanics grew up in the same neighborhoods as, you know, and, and where they, you know, shared a neighborhood. Like I'm from the Bronx originally. So I grew up around, you know, black and Hispanic people. That's my upbringing. And I grew up on hip hop, you know, even though I have also Latin background. So we do have this audience that is similar to me that, you know, while we do have like this cultural ties to our Latin roots, we also grew up on the same stuff anybody would have in, let's say the Bronx, for example, which is hip hop and, and hip hop culture. So we, we love the breakfast up just like that. So I think there are certain circumstances where, it does sort of, I guess, give us the opportunity to reach some of those people when you do bring me into the conversation or the case maybe. But um, I would say those are all, that's more of just like a uh, like an afterthought, to be honest. It, it really is just like when I get put on there, it's a natural continuation of like a conversation we were probably having off air, you know. Right. Um, I know you said um, obviously you're around Charlemagne, DJ MV and um, Angela Yee. And then mm -hmm. now you said you have some podcasts and other things going on. Mm -hmm. um, so for the past three years, um, maybe you're using some of these, what I'm about to ask you now, these tips. Um, what are some things that you've seen from them on how they interact with people that you might use or maybe you told them or whatever? Because um, we've been doing this for a year and some, uh, year and some change now, 15 interviews mm -hmm. in. Um, you know, so we have some uh, things that we do, but I would always take criticism and, and we want to improve. So do you have any uh, suggestions for us? advice I mean, any of it advice, something yeah I, I don't know if this is specifically for for you guys but i would always say that you look at a show like them and why is it that they've been able to connect with people for so long and the reality is that they're super honest they're unapologetically themselves i think when i look at the breakfast that we were talking about before like working out the kinks of the new technology with you know not being in the studio together like we embraced it like they would joke about it on air you know what i'm saying like they didn't try to hide the fact that things were messing up or things were going wrong you know like right. i don't know if you've ever heard them like when one of them messes up the intro they like restart the show all over yeah. again you know yeah that just happened like, the other day right <laughs> so like bro no other show does that every other show is gonna try and hide the fact they messed up you know what i'm saying so like there is this level of honesty that goes along with that that people can relate to you know and um and for better or worse they've always pretty much shared their personal lives in there. I mean, you know, and he's gone on air and apologized to his wife right. for cheating, and mm -hmm. they've had all those conversations, man. So like you feel a kinship, you feel a connection to people. You know, the thing I've noticed most when I've, I've started to double down on this is when I've been at my most honest and raw, like I talked about the ceiling thing with the breakfast club, you know, that is when I've gotten the most response from people. And when people have really like attached themselves to me and really like given me like a lot of good feedback on stuff is, when I'm being the most honest, when I'm, you know, Charlemagne says this all the time, being unapologetically yourself, you know? So I think that that's the key when it comes to all this kind of media stuff and everything like that, because that's what allows people to really have that personal connection to, you know? Um, and I, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's also the way that they bounce off one another. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really, really sat and watched an interview 
like you can see the setups happening where one asks one thing and then like you know obviously Charlemagne then takes it home with the really tough question or whatever the uncomfortable question is um but you'll see the setup going there if it's like a dating question it's like oh we're not supposed to talk about so and so dating so and so ye might bring up oh so who you been dating these days blah 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 and then are you dating and then Charlemagne will be like oh I heard you were doing this with so and so you know what I'm saying like but the yeah. setup is there you know like that's all by design because they're so great at what they do and bouncing off of one another um so i think it's it's playing to each other's strengths playing to each other's personalities and also understanding one another's weaknesses um kind of creates that that amazing sort of thing that the three of them really do have have together you know absolutely so, so i wanted to know from you um you know you you've traveled with bands you've done the djing you know you you've done radio you've done pro production you've done all these things and I, obviously all that would be your passion you know for all of it um but what is next like what is something that it, that's going to push you what is something that you want to achieve that you have been thinking about um i mean i, I think for me it's definitely about giving back you know i've been seeing a lot of value in that i've been doing like even just for right now like one-on-one -on -one zoom calls with different artists and just giving them feedback and like mm -hmm. really helping them out and guiding them and i haven't been charging anybody anything you know um it's been just just to kind of give back so i think if you look at a lot of the content I've been putting out the last few months, obviously in the climate that we're in right now when it comes to politics and social injustice and all those different things, I've been heavy in, on speaking about a lot of those things because it's a passion of mine. I think that it's important for people to see people that look like them or that don't look like a suit and tie political pundit talking to them and, and really, you know, make people realize how important some of these things are and these conversations are to be had, you know, so um, for me, it's probably going to be more moving in that personality driven type of space and, and, you know, um, I, I guess like the big picture goal, if I was saying anything was possible, would be like a, a late night TV show type of deal, you know, uh, would be the, the ultimate goal for me. And then I think even I look at what the Breakfast Club has done, and I, I mentioned it earlier, being such a pillar of the African-American community and being such a great representative for for black people everywhere, you know. Um, and I kind of see that need to happen also in, in my own community when it comes to the Hispanic community, you know. I think that there is um not enough of a, of a voice out there outspoken voice out there representing us so i you know kind of seeing that from the breakfast club and seeing the impact that they've been able to make you know really focusing in on on, on their culture i, I want to be able to to bring that also to, to the latin space and and kind of you know um intertwine the two i guess, I guess together because to me even mm -hmm. the way i create music whatever the case would be i've always been into like blending different things like hip-hop and latin whatever the case would be so i think kind of there's this fusion that i want to see happen a little bit um that maybe i can be like the the voice of I know, um, you know, COVID was, was, well, New York was the hot spot, you know, early yeah. on. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's on, like, I live in Georgia, Atlanta right now, so I know it's Georgia, uh, Florida, California, Arizona, more of the hotter places. But how, what's the, what's the, uh, for lack of a better word, what's the temperature like out in New York now? I mean, because New York was, it seemed like ground zero, right? Yeah. Everything was shut down. Um, even I just saw that they're going to cancel the 9-11 uh, ceremony, you know, due mm -hmm. to COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So what's, how are people feeling in New York? You know, what's the temperature? Is your family okay? Just everything going on with that? Yeah, I mean, thank God, I, you know, uh, my family is good. We're all safe, you know. Um, yeah, New York was scary because we were the first, you know what I mean? We were like the test dummy for it all. When this whole thing was happening, we were, you know, the first ones to experience these crazy numbers and all these cases and everything. Um New York was shut down for a while, and because of that, I think uh, so. Our cases, our case numbers, is less than one percent right now, so we're in a really good space. 
um, because of that. I mean, people are are out and about, you know, we're, we're as normal as you can be, but proceeding with caution. I think for the most part, obviously, you've there's been little stories of people kind of wilding and doing dumb things, but for the most part, you know, um, people have been been very very cautious and like you know the outdoor dining is happening. You know, we're not doing any indoor dining, but like restaurants in New York have set up like on the street, um, you know, tables and, and tents and things like that. So they can still serve people. Um, and I, you know, I've been cautious, but I've been to a couple and, and for the most part, from what I've seen, people are, you know, practicing the right measures of social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully people don't let their guard down, but it seems like we're in a good place right now, as far as New York goes. Um, and, you know, as long as we kind of are cautious about what we're doing and continue to wear masks, I think I feel pretty good about it right now. I'm not, it's not something right. that I'm like overly con concerned with right now. Okay. Yeah. What, what would you say to, what would you say to somebody who is in a position to where they feel like they're, they've outgrown where they are and they want to move on. They have a plan. They have, uh, people in their corner that will support them, mm -hmm. but they won't necessarily take the next step to do it. Like they're, they're nervous or it's just something in them that mm -hmm. doesn't, you don't want to jump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what kind of advice? Cause I'm sure you, obviously you've had to do this before. You've had to do yeah. it before with, with other jobs. So yeah. what, what advice would you give to somebody? I mean, I think the end of the day, you have to do it, right? You can't, you can't, there's only but so many precautions you can take within taking you know a leap of faith there's a reason why it's called a leap of faith right um but the reality is you know the biggest results in your life the biggest change in your life comes from taking risks it gets it comes from getting out of your comfort zone if you stayed in your comfort zone you wouldn't have any more growth you'd just be st stuck in the same thing so i mean listen you got to be calculated about it you know um understand what your options are and be smart about it like right like obviously like i said i'm not gonna go quit the breakfast club tomorrow you know but, you know, um, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously looking for other opportunities, even if it's within the same thing and seeing how my role can expand or whatever the case may be. You know, uh, I'm taking note of, of what opportunities could be there, whether it's with them or whatever cases, you know. Um, and, and I think you just got to be cautious in that. And then once you've kind of thought about it, you've created a plan of action, you just have to do it, you know. And, and you have to just believe in yourself enough that regardless of what happens, you know, you're going to be able to pull yourself up and use the experience that you've had previously put yourself now in a, in a better position. Right. Absolutely. Um, my last question, man, um, how, you know, if you don't mind talking more about the platform that you're on now or by yourself, you know, like with your podcast and other endeavors mm -hmm. that you have, man, how can people reach you? Yeah. Um, so I do a, a weekly IG live every Wednesday night, 8 PM Eastern time. Uh, and uh, that's called what the world needs now. And that's kind of like a late night style show. And then I'll chop up clips of different things and I'll put that on my IG as well. Um, and then I do a weekly podcast called First Generation Talks with my guy Radimus. Um, and that one uh, just kind of explores, you know, kind of more like the the hip hop culture and things like that through the lens of, of some first generation uh, Latinos. But we kind of, you know, mix a, a few different things in with that. And it's a lot of that's kind of where that conversation came from with the breakfast of ceiling conversation. Uh, sure. But I mean, I would say, you know, on my Instagram uh, at DJ Dramas, I'm super active on there. So I'm always posting different clips and, and things like that. I kind of treat that like as a landing page for everything where, you know, I put, you know, clips that might be on YouTube. I would always put it on there as well. So like random things like that. So that's kind of the most active place. I'm kind of doing a couple of different projects with that. Absolutely. man. <clears throat> well, listen, man, we appreciate you for, for giving us this opportunity to speak to you again. Congratulations on being a part of, of this, the history that was just made with being inducted into the hall of fame. 
Uh, so congratulations on that. And uh, thank you again for joining us, man. A lot of people needed to hear this information. Thank you. Nah, of course, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Dramos, we appreciate you. Thank, thank you, man. Cool. Peace. All right. Thank you, guys. Yep. Thank you.